1: If you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help.
0: One heart at a time
1: Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Monday of the 16th week in Ordinary Time. I'm Josh Raymond and so glad to be back with you. A big thank you to Patrick Conley who filled in last week while I was out. And uh, he always does such a wonderful job. Uh, So glad to leave the show in his very capable hands. But uh, I'm so glad to be back here with you on The Inner Life today. And uh, as we begin the program today, when was the last time that you went to the dentist? How did it go? Did you go in for a routine checkup or a cleaning? Or did you have to go in for some sort of other procedure? Uh, Something that maybe, maybe you were dreading a little bit. Are you a person that hates going to the dentist? Or is it not a very big deal? When I was young, going to the dentist, it was nothing scary or really worrisome for me. I would always have good checkups with no cavities. So it made those visits easy. But like most little kids... I ended up having to be reminded to brush my teeth before going to bed. You know, it was one of those regular things. I've done it with my own kids. You probably have, too. Uh, And while I don't remember every time that I brushed my teeth, of course, I know that it was something that I would very often rush through, especially when I was five or six or seven years old. And I would rarely floss, You know, flossing was something, and I still probably don't floss as often as I should. You know, it's not a daily thing for me. But um, when I was little, it might be weeks between the times where I would pick up dental floss. Mainly, it was something, if I'd eaten corn on the cob or popcorn, some other food that maybe, you know, easily gets those little pieces stuck between your teeth. And as a child, that was the only time I'd pull out the dental floss. But then at school, there'd be some visiting dentist who would come into the classroom at some point during the year talking about the importance of brushing your teeth, how to brush your teeth correctly, you know, the right motions that you're supposed to make with the toothbrush. And they'd hand out these little plastic packages with small red pills in them. And you were supposed to take these home. And after you brushed your teeth, then you'd chew up this little red pill and you'd look in the mirror at your teeth And you'd have all these red areas around your teeth showing you from the pill, you know, all all these areas. Even though you thought you'd done a pretty good job brushing your teeth, there were still all these places where you'd missed. And there was still some plaque that was remaining there, you know, maybe up along the gum line or in between a couple of teeth. And so the, the goal of this, of course, was to encourage you to brush your teeth a little better. And I... You know, I I remember doing that a couple of times with those pills. I don't know if it made a big, big difference, but I think it was somewhere around when I turned maybe 12 or 13 years old. That was the time when I started caring how girls might see me, how they might perceive me. And that was when I didn't need to be reminded to brush my teeth anymore. I mean, I I was already at that age in the daily habit of brushing my teeth without reminders, but not wanting to appear to the girls at school as some sort of slob with dirty teeth or smelly breath, that by itself right there, that was that big motivation to ensure that I didn't leave the house in the morning without brushing my teeth, maybe even using a little mouthwash. Now as an adult, there's a different kind of motivation. I mean, first of all, I'm not trying to impress members of the opposite sex. Uh, and yes, I mean, it is nice to go to the dentist for a checkup and hear that everything looks good and of course I don't want to offend anybody with bad breath you know. so of course I'm going to brush my teeth but mainly I brush my teeth because I don't like the feeling of when I haven't brushed my teeth for too long of a stretch You know, if for some reason something has interrupted my normal daily routine and I haven't brushed my teeth at least once in the last 24 hours I find myself actually getting a little antsy if I run my tongue over my teeth and they don't have that smooth, clean feeling, I start looking for when's the, when's the soonest time that I can get in to brush my teeth, You know, make it back to the bathroom, pick up the toothbrush. I've gotten so used to having my teeth feel clean that when they aren't, even just slightly not, it feels out of place. Something's not right. And I want to get them back to that clean state. Can you relate to that? Is that something that you, you found yourself in kind of a similar position? But more than just talking about dental hygiene, obviously on a show about spiritual direction, I hope this is how we all find ourselves progressing in regards to our spiritual hygiene. We have the opportunity to get ourselves spiritual, spiritually clean when we go to confession. And in our spiritual lives, in those first few years when you went to confession, especially if you grew up in the church, maybe it's more than a few years, maybe it was uh, most of your adolescence, you might have gone mainly because your parents told you to go. And as you got older, as you grew a little more spiritually mature, maybe you got to the point where you realized it was something important. For whatever the reasons, you didn't need to be reminded any longer to go to confession. You took that initiative upon yourself. And if you got used to that feeling of being spiritually clean, of being in a state of grace, then at some point you probably realized that you really feel the best when you've been able to get your soul cleaned again. That regular spiritual cleaning is now something that you can't live without. Well, today we want to talk about the sacrament of confession and how we have this opportunity to be spiritually clean, to be in that state of grace through this amazing and powerful sacrament. And joining us to help us look at the sacrament of confession is uh, one of our spiritual directors, Father Sean Grismer. He's a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, and he's the associate pastor of St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park, Illinois. Father Grismer, so glad to have you back here on The Inner Life with us today. Um, So did you ever do the little red pills when you had to brush your teeth? Uh, Did they ever (laughs) hand those out at your school?
2: I don't know about the red pills, Josh, I don't, I don't remember any of those, but I I can. I feel like I can testify for many of the listeners that while you were speaking, I was checking my teeth. I haven't been <laughs> checking my teeth that often, but that was you were talking so much about it. I was like, how are my teeth doing today? <laughs> so, yep. yeah. That, yeah.
0: Anyway, well, so as we begin talking about, uh, again, not, not dental hygiene, but spiritual hygiene, talking about confession. Uh, first of all, it's a sacrament, one of the seven sacraments that we have in the Catholic Church. And I always like making sure if somebody's tuning in and, you know, they're hearing us talk about a sacrament for the first time, just to make sure we're all on the same page. So before we dive into confession, can you explain to us what a sacrament is, what the church means when we talk about a sacrament?
2: Yeah, so we think about how God created us. He created us as human beings, which that means we're both spirit and matter. So um, I, he doesn't, we don't communicate to each other through, you know, just, our, just some spiritual way. We, we physically show love and appreciation to another person through a handshake, a hug, a kiss. I give a gift to somebody. I say the words with my, lo- my mouth, my lips. I love you. I really appreciate you. You're really wonderful. This is all physical things. Therefore, when God created us, he knew that we would express and receive love in physical ways. So when Jesus came and the, as the incarnate word of God, as God in the flesh, he himself shows us that God wasn't just going to love us spiritually, that we're not meant to just simply receive some ethereal love of God, but rather physical manifestation of God's love is Jesus Christ. Now Jesus says, "I'm not going to be with you always, um, and yet I will be with you until the ends of the earth, till the end of the age." So He establishes for us seven sacraments, which are physical expressions of God's love for us. So they're they're it's it's bringing together the human or the material of this world and the divine of the spiritual. And so every sacrament is a physical manifestation of God's love. You think about like a stoplight and that's a physical expression of the world. You see the color red and you know to stop, you know, you see the color green, you know to go, you see the color yellow, you know speed up or slow down, right? But like that is an expression of something that you don't see. The words aren't there, but it's an expression of a truth. And the sacraments are the same. They're expressions of the physical expression of God's truth and of his love.
0: Now, the other thing that uh, commonly we talk about with a sacrament is through the sacraments of the Church, we receive actual grace. And uh, that term itself, that might be something to to give a little clarification on, again, as a starting point here for our, our conversation on confession.
2: Right. So at baptism, we receive what's called sanctifying grace. That means my soul is turned, it is conformed, it is molded um, p- perfectly towards heaven. Um, and I live in an imperfect world, meaning uh, I need what we call actual grace. And I think this is what most people say, well, like, I received a blessing from the Lord. I, I received the grace from the Lord. I, um, that was a grace moment. Um, are these moments that are tangible for us to see? see God working in our life, and so they give us a clear sort of path forward as to how I can move in the love and the grace of God.
0: So then, uh, looking at the sacrament of confession, uh, this is one of those, it's very easy to portray this. Uh, You know, there are so many different television shows and movies that have used the sacrament of confession, uh, even if they portray it poorly or it's not done the right way. uh, They'll use it. So it's something that I think most Americans especially, they at least have some knowledge of, well, there's this sacrament of confession and people go into a little box and they talk to a priest and tell the priest, here are the things that I did wrong. Um, But we're talking, using that title confession here, at least initially, But there's actually a number of different titles that the church gives to this sacrament, Um, not just confession. We hear it referred to as the sacrament of penance. It's a sacrament of reconciliation. It's one of two that the church defines as sacraments of healing. Um, There's a lot of Mm -hmm. different aspects that we see in regards to confession. And it seems that each of those names addresses a different aspect of what this sacrament does for us, the, the, the way that it ministers to us.
2: Yeah, for sure. And most of those videos or movies that you're talking about portray it to be this dark, foreboding, right? you know, like the camera lengthens out and you're like, oh, dear Lord, I have to go into that box. Yeah. It's, um, and for some, I mean, I think it portrays that, well, for many people, what they feel, just like we talk about the dentist, uh, many people fear that. Not that there's anything, in, and not that there's anything morally evil about the dentist, but it's a personal moment. Like it's it's invasive into us. Um, when the dentist goes into our mouth, it's like, well, I don't. There's nothing else that goes into my mouth. Like it's it's invasive, and that's what it feels like in confession. But that's why the church also calls it other things, such as reconciliation. That I am reconciled to my father in heaven, that there is a healing that happens between me and God and, and, and also penance, right? That, that this, this penance of, of, of movement of turning my life, re- repentance, if you might say, that I've turned my life back towards God. My, I had turned my back on him, but now I'm turned back towards him. So each of those words, I think, whatever we're comfortable saying, sacrament of reconciliation, penance, or, or confession. I know for a time in the Church they called the, the sacrament, I think, of enlightenment, or that I'm, I'm being enlightened by the, by the Spirit to confess my sins. But like this, this um, movement towards, back towards
0: God. Our spiritual director today is Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. We're talking about the sacrament of confession Have you experienced that amazing forgiveness offered so freely to each one of us by going to confession, by partaking in that sacrament of reconciliation, uh, of penance? Maybe you're still carrying around guilt, kind of that weight of past sins, and it's something where you're really struggling. Maybe it's been a long time since you've been to confession, and you're not sure how to start, you know, uh, making your way back there. You'd like to go, (laughs) but it's a little daunting, a little scary. Uh, how has going to confession made a difference in your life? And when have you, you experienced that healing power of this sacrament? Our studio line is open right now, 888-914-9149, 9149 And Father, obviously when we go into the confessional, we are confessing our sins. And another uh, kind of good defining thing that we might talk about is the church has two basic categories when we talk about sin, mortal sins and venial sins. Can you explain the difference between these two and what we are confessing when we walk into that confessional?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, the, we'll start with the larger, which is mortal, right? Think about mortal combat, um, it, it means deadly. St. John, in, in his letter, um, uh, in, in one of the letters that he writes in the end of the New Testament, talks about uh, that we have to correct. We have to be with our brethren, our brothers and sisters, um, even, even if they are sinners, unless they are committed mortal sin, then we need to correct them, right? And so we need to move them back towards the Lord. So he, he makes this, distinguish, um, this distinction between a sin that isn't mortal or de- not deadly and a sin that is. And so a mortal sin is a sin that has cut me off from experiencing the life of god's goodness and of his grace i think traditionally we would say like well it cuts me off from god's grace but it's not it it can be kind of hard in modern mentality to think like well god always loves me then how can he be how can i be cut off from his love i'm not cut off from his love but i am cut off from experiencing his love and so this mortal sin is this is a is a severing of my ability to relate back to god the movement of my heart um, and the reception of his grace. Where a venial sin, we can call it a a lesser sin, um, is something that I do, I could do it habitually, I could do it without thinking. Because a mortal sin, the church classifies a mortal sin having three um, requirements for it to be mortal. The first is that it has to be a grave matter. All right, me not praying my rosary is not a grave matter, right? (laughs) We we hear that in confession, like, I didn't pray my rosary today. I'm like, well, that's not a moral sin, like, but it's good that you bring that, that you're trying to pray that each day. Um, But it's not a, a, it has to be grave matter. That is, it has to carry a weight that is harmful to the community around me or to myself. The second is that I have to know that it's grave matter. I have to know that it's serious. Um, And the third is that I have to willingly do it. So when I'm teaching... My RCIA class, those who are coming into the church, um, I teach them. I talk about sacrament of confession. We talk about that scenario of robbing a bank. All right, am I robbing a bank? Is it a grave matter? Yeah, I mean it's wrong to rob. But how much am I robbing? A dollar? Well, that's less grave, but it's still grave. You're going into a public space. But now I'm trying to rob ten thousand dollars. Well, I, and I'm doing it. And I know it. I know it's wrong. And I say, is it? Is it a mortal sin? And people say, yes, absolutely. And they said, but what if you're, you know, you're not doing it willingly? Somebody's strapped a bomb to your chest. I mean, it's an an extreme example, but am I doing it willingly? Now there's heroism and saying no and dying, but am I doing this willingly or am I being coerced into it? And then that takes away the culpability. So everything's not black and white. We have to look at the circumstance as well as the intention. And so I take that into confession and I say, Bless me, Father. I've sinned. It's been so so long since my last confession, and here are my sins. And I confess the things that I've I've known that I willingly and knowingly done to harm others or harm myself.
0: And then, as we go in and look at those, you know, one of the things that I've I've heard people ask is, okay, well, I know this was grave matter that I walked into, but there's kind of a questioning on those other two. What if I I did it without thinking, at that point, you know, there's that question of, is that still a mortal sin? And then there's the, the other side of it where, well, I did that, but I didn't realize until somebody brought it to my attention how serious of a sin that was. My my thought on that, and Father, you can absolutely correct me on this, but is if I know it's grave matter, I should still be taking it to confession as soon as I can, regardless of the other two uh, qualifiers there for a mortal sin. Um, You know, I might not have technically committed a mortal sin, but I, I really want to get that off of my chest. I want to get it to where it's not, it's not, you know, weighing on me and know that, regardless of whether I meant to or didn't mean to do that or something I didn't have the knowledge of, it's always good to bring those things to confession.
2: Yeah, that's that's for sure, Josh. We, you know, we want to bring to the Lord and to the confessional the things that we, have, that we know that we've done that have been mortal. Now, in the moment, if I didn't know it was a mortal sin, yeah, I didn't commit a mortal sin because I didn't know it. Now later, I'm like, I look back and, and I learn that it's a mortal sin, and then I have to be like, you know, it didn't feel right when I did it, and I still did it anyway. So we look at the conscience. But, the, but when I didn't know, okay, I may not have committed it, I come to learn about it. There's some level of, in the human heart, there's some level of guilt that, that doesn't just let me to, like, let go of it myself. But I, I want to bring that somewhere. And that's why Jesus has established a place of safety for us in, in the confessional.
0: Our spiritual director today, Father Sean Grismer, here on The Inner Life, talking about the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession. When's the last time you went to confession? And how have you been able to move forward in your relationship with Christ because of that grace that you receive there in the sacrament of confession? Um, Maybe you have some questions about Going to confession. Maybe it's something that you are, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> You're a little nervous about going back. That's why we have these uh, topics that we talk about here on the inner life of spiritual direction. Um, we want to be able to offer this opportunity for you to speak with one of our priests here. And our studio line is 888 914 9149, 914 9149. And we'll continue our conversation here in just a moment on. Rele- Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director today, Father Sean Grismer. He's a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. He's an associate pastor at St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park, Illinois. And today, talking about the sacrament of confession, how have you experienced the forgiveness that's offered there? in the sacrament of confession, in the sacrament of reconciliation? uh, How has it made a difference in your life? When have you experienced that healing power going there, being able to confess your sins and receive the absolution, hearing those words that the priest prays over each one of us when we make our confession, uh, being able to have the priest there in the person of Jesus um you know it's not just the priest who's there saying I forgive you he's he's speaking in Jesus on Jesus's behalf in the person of Jesus is what we talk about in the church and uh, we'd love to hear how that healing has happened in your life 888 914 888-914-9149. and uh, father you know in persona Christi, that's the Latin phrase that we talk about in the person of Christ, Um, those sacraments where you as a priest are the minister... It really is Jesus who is communicating that forgiveness, that absolution to us. Um, it's not just something that is ritual for the sake of ritual. Um, can you explain to us how the church has, you know, how, how the church defines this, that it happens that Jesus really is the one that's forgiving us there in the confessional?
2: Yeah, so, when, you know, when we go through a sacrament, let's say, let's say marriage, we said the sacrament is a physical manifestation of God's love. So in a marriage, the, the two people become a sacrament. and they Every time they love each other, that love is not just their love, it's the love of God within them because of the sacrament of marriage. So it starts to sort of create this expanse of the kingdom just through their actions of loving each other or when they speak kindly about another. So when a priest is ordained... Jesus conforms him through the sacrament, just like when you were baptized, your soul was changed. You no longer a creature of God, you become a child of God. So when a priest is ordained a priest, he becomes in persona Christi capitis or caput, that is the head. So when the priest is performing a sacrament, he's not using third person language and um, what would I say? And, and, and Jesus forgives you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Or, or Jesus said, this is his body, and you should do this in memory of him. He takes the place of Jesus. He stands, rather, in place of Jesus, and he uses first-person language. I absolve you of your sins. Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body. Now it's, it's not my body. It's it's not the body of Sean Grismer. It's it's the body of Jesus. But in the sacrament of ordination or holy orders, Jesus then puts Himself into us in a unique and special way, so that when we celebrate these other sacraments, it is He who is the one speaking. It is He who is the one listening. Fulton Sheen says that the the pre, uh, Jesus borrows the the lips and the ears of the priest within. The sacrament of confession, so it's it's a place of mercy and a place of kindness um, because it's Jesus who we're encountering in that sacrament, rather than um, rather than the person of the
0: priest. Well, and you know that that for me was made so absolutely clear in my first confession. I think any of our regular listeners would know that I'm I'm a convert to the faith and so i as an adult made my first confession and even though i'd grown up as a baptist and you know i'd prayed for forgiveness for different sins that i'd done there was still the baggage that i carried with me and things that you know i might have said well i know i've asked for forgiveness and i'm trying to trust but then i'd still feel that weight of those past wrongs that would just keep coming up in my mind and when I came into the church, when I made that first confession, um, and it was, you know, I, I don't know, maybe a week, week and a half before I received, uh, you know, when, when I was confirmed, when I received my first Eucharist, all of that, walking out of that confessional and confessing uh, at that point, it was almost like 20 years worth of sin since the time I was baptized. Um, and so I just had this long list that I had written out over, I think, three or four pages of paper, and I, I just went through them <laughs> and and walked out of there. And over the next days and weeks, I could, it, it hit me all of a sudden, I don't have that guilt anymore. I don't have the weight of that anymore. It, it was such a transforming uh, part of my conversion and my entry into the church um, it, it it really helped solidify for me. This is more than, you know, just a different aspect of Christianity that you know we're looking at here in the Catholic Church. This really is where God is working, um, you know, in in the way that He has fully expressed and revealed Himself in the Catholic Church more than any other, you know, Christian expression of belief. It's not that God can't work in other ecclesial communities, but if we want the fullness of the faith, boy, I I was convinced more than ever by my first confession that I'd really walked into... Um, the fullness of the faith here in the Catholic Church. Have you had your own personal experience where, uh, you know, confession, just that forgiveness, that absolution became so real for you, even though you're a priest, uh, maybe before you were ordained, Father?
2: Yeah, and, and after I've been ordained, <laughs> uh, I, I've needed it um, so much, you know, in my life. I remember as a child— um, going to my first confession, and maybe my first confessions, I should say, um, in the gentleness of the priest. And, and I know that's not everybody's experience, and I want to in some ways be, be sensitive to that because I know some people have, have had a very raw and very difficult experience in the confessional, and, and on, on behalf of the church and behalf of those priests, I want to apologize and just say I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've experienced something that wasn't meant to be con- experienced in the confessional. Um, whether it was abuse or whether it was the words that were spoken or unkindness um, in some ways um, there's, there's a a reality that we're human and there's a reality that sometimes priests who don't go to confession, don't know the, the gift of that mercy. So it's not to excuse them, but it is to say like we have, there's a wide range of priests and, um, and, and, and some have done great harm to people, and for that I'm I apologize, and I'm sorry that some have experienced that. When I when I've gone to confession, I've, I would say there's there was one time when I was, um, in scouts, and I and I it was at a camp, and I'd asked the the priest to if I could go to confession, and, and he denied me because was busy or something, and and that really hurt. And then there every other time that I've gone to confession. I've been met with nothing but mercy and kindness. Um, and sometimes we go in expecting, like, the priest to say some great word, and he, he just gives us the penance, it gives us absolution, and we say, I-, I wanted something more. But reality is, like, that's all I need. I just need the forgiveness and mercy of God. You know, when I, a couple of years ago, I, um, I was driving uh, some back hills here in, in Illinois, and I was on the way to lead a retreat. And this experience gave me an understanding that the sacrament is called confession and not condemnation. And uh, I, was, I was seeing this large hill, and I looked up, and I said, I wonder if I could get air on that hill. And I, I sped up, and I got over this hill. I didn't get air. And there was a little bunny hill, too. And, and I, just, I just kept going at the speed I was going, which was pretty quick. Nobody else was around. It was the cornfields. And uh, except way off in the distance, there was this one car pulling towards me. And just the thought was like, that could be a cop. And, uh, it was indeed a cop, (laughs) And he had slowed down. Uh, he had saw me kind of coming down the hill. He turned around, pulled me over. He gave me a ticket, uh, fair. And, uh, he, he said, okay, if you pay it, then, you know, you just do the things online and do it within 10 days. So I sent in the, the payment, um, but they had rejected it. They sent it back. Uh, and I didn't know why, so I had to go into court. And I went into court and I get up to the, to the judge's bench and he said, would you like to plead guilty or not guilty? And I said, well, I, I've already said I was guilty. He's like, right, but you have a legal right to say if you want to plead guilty or not guilty. And I said, well, what would happen if I, if I pled not guilty? You know, thinking in my mind, well, I could I still get out of this. And uh, he said, well, then we'd go to trial and you'd form witnesses and we'd have a full, full procedure. And I said, no, no, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. And... There was a relief when I said that because in our humanity, there's a desire to get out of trouble in our humanity. There's Adam and Eve. It's like, well, she did it. No, the snake told me to do it. There's a desire to say, Oh, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm okay. But there's a relief when I share with another person the truth about my situation and say, no, I'm, I'm guilty of these things. But what I learned in that moment, Josh, was that it, it wasn't the sacrament of condemnation. It's the sacrament of reconciliation or confession. Because I went to that judge and I said, I'm guilty. Here is, here is my, I'm, con, I'm convicted of this sin, of this thing that I've done wrong in a legal way. I've sped. And then the condemnation, he then gives and says, okay, well, your payment is this, or you have to go to school or you have to do this class or whatever it might be. But when we go into confession, I convict myself of my sin, or I ask the Holy Spirit to convict me of my sin, not to condemn me. Notice the difference. The conviction is that I've done something wrong. The condemnation is something that Christ has taken on himself. We don't take the condemnation in confession. We do a penance. That's not the same thing as condemnation. the, The penance is meant to be a healing antidote. We talk about the sacrament of healing. Well, it's meant to be the thing that heals me. So whatever it might be, I, I, I spoke poorly about three people in my life. Okay, well, pray three Hail Marys, one for each of those people. It's supposed to be a healing antidote. It's not supposed to be a punishment. And um, I think this is important to say that the penitent can reject the—they have the right to reject the penance. So the priest says, I want you to pray through 10 rosaries. And you're like, that's a lot, and I've never even prayed a rosary. Um, you can say, can I ask for a different penance? The penitent has the right to do that. Whether we have the courage is another thing, but the penitent has the right to say, that's too difficult. I wouldn't be able to accomplish that. But again, this whole situation for me helped me understand the difference between condemnation and conviction. I convict myself of my sin. God convicts me of my sin, but he never condemns me if I bring it to the confessional. The condemnation comes at the end, at the very end of my life, if I choose not to ask forgiveness. If I choose not to own up to it, then not only am I convicted, but I'm also condemned. But while we're here on earth, God has given us this beautiful, amazing sacrament of mercy, of healing and forgiveness, so that I go in, and yes, in great humility, in great maybe fear and anxiety, I have to say to a person, I'm sorry for these sins, and, and it's Jesus who we confess to in the priest. And then we hear the words, I absolve you of your sins. Go in
0: peace. You know, that's so beautiful, Father. And I love that phrase that you used for penance. It's a healing antidote. It's the thing that's going to help cure us of the wrong doing that we've done, whether it's hurting somebody else or hurting ourselves. Um, Yeah, I I think that's just such a wonderful uh, phrase. Healing antidote. That's your penance there. Uh, Our spiritual director today, Father Sean Grismer here on The Inner Life. And let's go to the phones, Father. We've got Mark who's listening in Taylorville, Utah. Uh, Hi, Mark. Welcome to The Inner Life today.
3: Hi, thanks for taking my call. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, you know, I'm kind of what you call, I guess they refer to a, as reverts. Uh, I was born and raised, uh, born in a Catholic family and raised Catholic. And over the years, I drifted away and uh, about five years ago started coming back to the church. And it had been about 25 years since my last confession. But as I was, uh, I, I had made a phone call to uh, to uh, Drew Mariani's show. He was talking with Father Fetterspiel about, uh, about confession, and it just hit me that now's the time, and so I called, and they encouraged me to go and to make an appointment with my parish priest, which I did, and uh, I got the uh, the examination of conscience off the uh, relevant radio website, and I sat down, and I started writing, and I realized I needed to go back probably almost to the first communion because I don't feel like I had ever made a really good confession that really encompassed everything I had had done. And I know uh, I've, got, uh, I've got you guys beat, Josh. I had eight pages front and back of things I needed to talk about. And when I met with the priest and uh, told him what I needed, he said, Oh, boy, I love these confessions. He was so excited to do it. And we sat there for 45 minutes. Uh, he absolved me of my sins, and I had such a weight lifted from me. I I was shaking. I, I still get goosebumps now when I think about it. I, and I had to talk to someone. And I called my sister-in-law, and we spoke, and she was so excited for me. And um, it just, I, I, I just, I think that anybody who's apprehensive about it I, I just want to tell them, get over it and go get it done, do it. It's it's such a gift. And, uh, yeah, I have another sister-in-law who now, uh, we kind of send texts back and forth with one number on it, uh, five, six, seven, that's how many times I've been to confession in the last few, you know, the last year. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really a great thing that we've been given. And I think people should, should avail themselves of it more uh, than we do.
2: Oh, Mark, thank you for sharing your story. And um, I know that other reverts or converts who have listened, who have listened today have shaken their heads saying, yes, we agree. That's exactly what we felt. Um, and I know I'll, I'll agree with that priest. It, they are some people say, well, we're gonna, my favorite is when people say to me, oh, well, I'll take days and I'll say, I got days, you know, like it is literally... One of the greatest moments of my priesthood is to listen to somebody, bear their soul, because again, you're not bearing it to me, you're bearing it to Jesus. And, and to be able to say those words, I absolve you of your sins, and to see the transformation in the person. It's almost as if they were they were on life support, and now they're dancing around the hospital room. I mean, it is, it is that stark and that different to see somebody who is, who has been bearing the weight of their sins for decades to just pour it out because it takes incredible humility and courage and honesty to finally say their sins. And whether that's two weeks, two days, or, or 20 years, or whatever it might be, it takes the, that courage. And it's, it's the greatest privilege. So I, I'm Mark, I'm grateful for you. and grateful for your, your sharing of your story and the courage you've had to, to share with us.
0: Yeah, thanks for calling in, Mark, and, and, uh, you know, just encouraging so many listening today to go back to the Sacrament of Confession, especially if it's been a while. Um, Father, uh, we need to sh- take a short time out here, but when we come back, let's talk about a couple of the things that Mark mentioned. Um, you know, an examination of conscience, um, especially if you know you need a little extra time, being able to set up that that um, appointment with a priest. Um, we'll, we'll take your calls as well if you have any questions about the Sacrament of Confession, or maybe you have your own experience of how you have experienced that healing, that forgiveness there in the confessional, Uh, how has that healing power impacted your life, your relationship with Christ, walking out of the sacrament of confession after hearing those words of absolution? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. More to come right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director today on the program, Father Sean Grismer. He's a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. We're talking about the sacrament of confession here today on The Inner Life and taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 914 9149 A big special thank you to Nick Sentovich and Jim Shaper for their help in producing the program today. Also want to tell you, if you have not signed up yet, for it, we are offering a new book, and that's all you have to do is just sign up for it. It's called Treasures of the Rosary Reflections by Those Who Pray It Daily. And you can register at our website or on the relevant radio app. And the reflections on the rosary in this uh they're from saint jose maria escriva there are uh different meditations by saint john paul ii and then there's uh, some uh, reflections there as well by our own executive director here at relevant radio father rocky and no matter what your connection is to the rosary i hope you pray daily if you don't you should start but uh if if uh, maybe it's something where you do it daily. You'll still gain a deeper understanding and devotion to Mary through reading this book. If you don't pray it daily, if it's something that maybe is a once-in-a-while kind of prayer devotion for you, well, I hope it encourages you to go ahead and pray the rosary more often. But this is absolutely free. There's no shipping charges. There's no posted, uh, postage. But it's only available for a very limited time. And so if you want to register, just go to RelevantRadio.com. You'll see a banner there at the top. Same with the Relevant Radio app. If you go to the app, you'll see the banner across the top of the app. Just click there and you can get your free copy of Treasures of the Rosary. Again, RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And Father Grismer, as we continue talking about confession today here on The Inner Life, uh, right before the break, talking with Mark, he mentioned making an examination of conscience that's something that uh, i i think most of the examinations of conscience that i have seen follow usually the 10 commandments um can you kind of give us a little background why is it important to make that examination of conscience and how do we make a good confession in general
2: Um, It's a good question. There's no set examination of conscience. I think sometimes we want a perfect examination and there's no such thing. Um, You can Google and find some good examinations. They often follow the Ten Commandments because they're just good guidelines. But I think so many times we can get stuck on that, Like especially I would say we we hear this in confession that people um, will make the same confession at 40 as they did as at 15 and, and it's like, well, I've just been using the same exam. And so, like, well, then what I need to do is ask the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is the, 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 the love of God and the life of God. Right? So if I invite the Holy spirit, Holy spirit, teach me what my sins are. I'm going to go in there with a list um, or maybe not a list, maybe a couple of things that may not be found on any sort of examination. So you would think about like, all right, it doesn't say that I shall not take a piece of cake at my brother's first birthday party before he's eaten it right like and it's his birthday party, so like i i that's not in the examination, but that's something that I may have done so i am convicted of that by the Holy Spirit so again the, the examinations are important because it allows us to to start to evaluate. What within us needs conversion? The whole thing is about conversion and healing. I commit sin because I've been wounded, I've been hurt, so that's why it heals it. I, and I confess my sin because I need conversion. So the sin leads me to pain. The pain leads or my pain or my hurt, excuse me, leads me to sin. My confession of my sin leads to healing and conversion but I need to be able to speak it out. You think about how a lot of people gossip or talk out in the workspace or at a bar or wherever they might be. And they'll say, I just, I just needed to vent. Well, God has given to us a place to vent, right? That we don't need to do it with other people who are just going to be like, yeah, and you should do this to that person. And like, get back at them, but rather forgive as you've been forgiven. But if I haven't been forgiven, I don't know what it's like to be forgiven then I'm not going to be able to forgive. And so if I hold those resentments in my heart, the pain in my heart, the wounds in my heart, the sin in my heart, I will continue to create walls and things that prohibit me from loving other people.
0: Father, we've got Joseph who's listening to us in Sacramento. Hi, Joseph. Welcome to The Inner Life today. You're on the air with Father Grismer
4: good morning father and josh my story is i the only thing i want to share is that i am now in my mid-50s and i've been going to confession since i was 17 18 that age and through the years of practicing this this dynamic sacrament and yes there are priests who sounded meaner but there are ones that sounded so just accepting and unjudging and so holy I've come to realize now through this sacrament, this encounter with Christ as Father Joshua said earlier, borrowing Christ, borrowing the priest's ears and mouth. Now I know that this sacrament, I encounter Jesus. And because of that, I still go to confession. But now I have realized that this now is a continuing conversion for me, that I will never stop sinning. I may never stop it, never be successful at eliminating it, but I'm always trying. Kind of like I have this picture of a mom whose son turned to become, a, I don't know, a, a gangster or a murderer. But yet, so that person dies, the mom still loves that son. And now I see why Christ told his apostles to forgive 70 times seven times because of this God-man coming into our world, he knew our brokenness and our weakness, our true nature. And that's what I wanted to share, Father.
2: Joseph, thank you. That is beautiful. It's powerful. And it's, I think it's just a great reminder that um, it is, it's about the love of God that does not condemn Jesus in the Gospels. He looks at the woman who was caught in adultery. Can you just put yourself in the place of her for a moment and imagine yourself caught in adultery and they bring her before Jesus, and he looks at her and says, neither do I condemn you. Who here has condemned you? And she says, no one, and he says, neither do I. And that's confession, this place of no condemnation, of pure mercy, of pure love. So, Joseph, thanks for sharing your, uh, your experience with, with the sacrament of confession and the priests that you've, you've, you've confessed to.
0: You know, Father, as uh, both Mark and Joseph are, you know, encouraging others to go to confession, what if there's somebody out there listening saying, "Uh, I I don't know if I really need to go to confession. It's been a long time, but uh, it doesn't seem like I'm doing anything that bad. And, And we're down to our last 30 seconds. But is there something that you might say to encourage people who are saying, I don't really know if I need to go? I would say that we're human
2: we naturally will let out our sin, either through our actions or our words, either way. So might as well do it in a safe place, and that's the place of confession.
0: Father Sean Grismer, our spiritual director today, and uh, talking about the sacrament of confession. And Father, as we're down to our last uh, about probably 20, 25 seconds here, could I ask you to offer a blessing to all of our listeners as we conclude the show today?
2: Absolutely. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for your kindness, your mercy, and your love. I pray that that kindness, mercy, and love that you gave to the woman who was caught in adultery, that you might give it to all of the listeners, both here and those who might listen later, that they may know the great gift in the sacrament of confession. And may Almighty God bless you and keep you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Christmer, for being here on the program today. If you missed any of the earlier conversation this hour, of course, you can always go back and listen to the entire podcast at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app tomorrow. We're going to be talking about how we can help those in need. Outreach to the poor. Father Joseph Ilo will be our spiritual director. I hope you can tune in for that program. And of course, we've got Mass that's coming up next. Father Edward Looney is our celebrant. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life.